everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Stephanie March, and I'm here with Jake Larson today. Yeah, I'm still here. Giant Baby is still here. Can't he did not leave. Did not fall asleep. No. He is uh, the 19-year-old child of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, one of four, the last of four. Yep. And um, uncle to others, and <laughs> right, all-around good guy. Um, and Thanks. a radio show host on his own in Tacoma. Yeah. Shout out for KUPS. KUPS 90.1. 90.1. We can stream that in certain places at certain times. Sometimes. Not <laughs> not at the end of the school year for some reason. No. Uh, okay. Well, this is the t- this is the time of show, you guys, when we do our top two and our two. Give him the old one, one, two, one, two. And now the Weekly Dish presents one, two, one, two. Top Two. Top Two. The Top Two. Pick your best two. In our two. All right, give me two, will you? Okay, so we, this is the time of the show that we talk about two things that we are uh, kind of obsessed with, or we really, really are excited about. Um, do you want me to go first, or do you want to sure. go first? Okay, I'll go first with my first one. Uh, I'm going to talk about a Wakaya Bistro. Okay. Which is um, the new. It's in North Loop. Yep. And it is a new little spot that is Panamanian and like New Orleans. Like Pedro Walcott, and uh, he's he's from Panama. Okay. He came up, he brought his friend Ricky Santos, who's also from Panama, who Ooh. is real fun. He's a nice guy. Yeah. And they came up and uh he wanted to open his first restaurant in Minneapolis and he's opened it in the North Loop right next to Deja Vu and across from the right. Hewing. Right. That area. And it is um it's sort of very, it's just that summer place that you kind of want to go. Really cute inside and full bar, but it's a walk-up. Like you, it's like a counter service. It's in the new way that you can either order through your phone while sitting at the table. Like you can snap a QR code and order yep. and the service will come and talk to you and bring you your food. Or you can go up to the counter and order there and then they'll bring it to you. Um, and so that's kind of cool. But so it's Panamanian. So, you know, ceviches, South American kind of idea. Yeah. Um, you know, we had little corn cakes. We had a quinoa salad Ooh. that was outstanding with some little fried cheese on it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And then you can get um, like the corn with like kind of like a skites, kind of like uh, a lote, but without having to have the corn to chew on. Sure. <laughs> it's like a salad, <laughs> like a corn salad. Yeah. I like not have to have the cob. So, yeah. and really great drinks, rum, mezcal. It's not a whiskey bar, but it's nope. got other things. So it's really fun. Nice. And I remember you, that was where you brought some mac and cheese home from or? Yes, I did. I brought that mac and cheese home. That was real good. You liked it. Yeah. It was shells because it's New Orleans too. So you see there's like some jambalaya or there's some gumbo on sure. the menu. There's that kind of stuff. The mac and cheese had like a little bit of pork belly yeah, in it. I noticed that. That was really good. Yeah, it was tasty. I loved it. Uh, okay, so that's Wakaya Bistro in the North Loop. Yeah. Nice. What's your first one? Um, falafel. <laughs> <laughs> I've been missing uh, missing falafel while being out in Tacoma. There's just not a lot of uh, good Mediterranean food out there, at least that I found. Yeah. Um, so being even just, <laughs> uh, we've got a nice little falafel wrap over at Sandcastle. Yes. Um, and so that is just... Uh, been a real treat for me it's a real treat you've been getting that one on your for yeah. like your shift meal yeah what is it about falafel you like i don't i really have no idea because you're a meat guy like <laughs> yeah, you're I'm like a, you're very much like I'm definitely eating pork you know and everything else very big um but uh I, I don't know i mean ever since uh i mean i was very small and you would bring me here um, while you would do your show, and then we went to go get Foxy Falafel yeah, afterward. We did. Yeah. Um, and ever since then, I've just kind of like 
it, it put a stamp on my heart of a love for falafel. I feel like maybe we should go get some after the show today. I'm, I'm here for that. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're talking about it. Yeah. I have, I also like, that's funny because like, if you think about it, I didn't grow up with falafel. No. I mean, there weren't a lot of, you know, I have a German mother and yeah. so there's no falafel in her background. Yeah. And we just didn't have falafel shops when I was a kid, you know, growing up in suburban Minnesota. And so to have Foxy Falafel be like one of those first places that, you know, kind of just showed up for me, like that's the first right. one I knew. But then of obviously going to Falafel King, which has been around the Twin Cities forever. And, um, you know, there's a lot of great shops that that offer falafel, of course, a lot of great little restaurants. But I just never I just didn't consider it. It wasn't in my wheelhouse until until then. And so and now it's imprinted on you. Uh, I will say um, the one I the there is a specific uh, a specific falafel that I have been craving. Yeah. Um, when I worked uh, over um, the job before this one, I uh, would all, after work would always go to Minnehaha Grocery Store off oh. the corner of Minnehaha Ave and Fairway Ave. Oh yeah, by St. Paul. Yeah, yeah, uh, or Fairview Ave. Yeah, Fairview. Um, and. Uh, yeah, it's just like they've. It's just. I mean, it's kind of bodega style. Yeah, they have falafel there. <laughs> yeah, like do they have a counter in the back or? Yep, exactly. Oh. So I would always go and just get a little falafel sandwich in the back after work. <laughs> That's really fun. Yeah. Okay. Do they have other things? We should go there seriously. Yeah. Um. Okay. I love that. I love that. That's a good thing. That's a good rave. So okay, we'll do my second one, which I wasn't prepared. I'm gonna kind of say that Yola is my second okay. one for if you want some cooking jams. Full up Yola or look up Yola in the uh, in the uh, Spotify's or whatever. <laughs> She's a great cooking jam. And that's Y O L A. Y O L A for sure. I also tell you guys I have a secret, but I can't tell you until next week of something else that I am really happy about. But I'm going to give you two others quickly. Um, one is the um, we've talked about this. I think we've talked about the ice cream at Pump House Creamery, the Brother Justice Whiskey Ice Cream. Did I already use that one? As, you you don't know. No. But I'm asking the listeners if I have, which is <laughs> totally possible. Um, but I have to tell you that that was like a spectacular uh, Pump the, House Ice Cream. That's the same uh, cookies and cream that's in our, fridge, our I freezer. Did, yeah, and I did bring that home, and that was delicious. I really liked it. It was very nice and light. Yeah. I didn't like... I, I, or I really liked that it wasn't too heavy. Right. I do too. Um, and I think that that's Pump House Creamery is one of those ones. We talk about Milk Jam. We talk about, yep. you know, Dream Creamery. We talk about all like the Baby Zito stuff. But Pump House Creamery is Barbara Sabelka's. She's her place. She does just really good sourced organic ingredients. It is it is an ingredients game in her ice cream. And she still has rhubarb ice cream, you guys. And it's, Oof. I know. And it's like people, it is her number one seller usually, but she still has it. So if you're looking for just even like grabbing a pint to bring to somebody as a gift, I would go get a pint of that ice cream in a heartbeat. It's a solid, it's solid, a solid bring. Solid choice. Okay. What's your second one? I was also going to do an artist. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of uh, Steve Lacey lately. Steve Lacey. Um, he's, he's got his big hits. Um, Dark Red um, was a big one, um, but uh, it was all over the TikTok sphere. Oh yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, he, some of his, um, little bit older stuff, uh, playground inside, um, a lot of that, it's, it feels very Prince adjacent to me. Really? Which, um, that's a huge, it's, it's that's a, a lot of pressure. That's a big <laughs> descriptor. It is. It is. Um, but I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of got that nice, um, uh, poppy funk, I poppy suppose. Poppy funk. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Is there anybody on TikTok you're following that we should know about? 
Um, You're not a big TikToker. Well, you I, you watch it, but you don't do yes, anything. Exactly. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of weird people on there's TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> there's this one guy. Um, my friend Braden was telling me about it the other day. Uh, he is been essentially i mean this is kind of weird he's been labeled an eco-terrorist because he um he raised up about one i think one million or 1.5 million frog eggs in his backyard in a pool and just let them go lexi by the way who's our new radio uh (laughs) producer she is totally nodding on this lexi you know of what jake is speaking yes i've seen this man before and he has a very interesting tiktok so yeah lots of kind of nightmare fuel if you don't want (laughs) to see a bunch of tadpoles tadpoles all at once because it's it's a lot it's a lot it's a little bit mind-bending because nobody thinks of them in that much of a in that grouping, but oh my god! Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, Lexi, thanks for the input. By the way, and welcome to the show. Yes, thank you. <laughs> we'll ask you about food and not TikTok more often than not. yeah. Instead of tadpoles, tadpoles, food, I would rather know about appetizing. Yeah, well, actually, I'm going to ask you this. We don't have time, but I'm going to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, have you had malort before? I have not. I'm interested in it. Hearing you guys talk about it. Okay, but well, I've never even heard of it before. I mean, if I bring you a bottle, that might be you might take that <laughs> as offense. I don't know. I'm not sure, but yeah, anyway. No. Well, Welcome to the show, Lexi. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. and we come back, we're going to talk about ramen because many of you have watched Jake's uh, ramen bowls over the... We're going to talk about tips and tricks, kid. So that's what we yeah. got. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 107.1, brought to you by Hornitos. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this Saturday. I promise you it will clear up, apparently. Um, if you're going to go to Rock the Garden, I think you're going to be safe. Sounds yeah. Feels like it's going to be a good afternoon once it dries up a little bit. Might get a little sticky out. Meh. Meh. We can handle we can, sticky. We can handle it. I can handle it. <laughs> and, uh, that giggle is Jake Larson sitting in the uh, co-host chair with me today. Um, and because you're here, I feel like mm. we have to talk about ramen. Yeah. It's pretty much like it's if pickle dip, dip is my signature dish, <laughs> yeah. which is sad that you get ramen and I get pickle dip as a signature <laughs> dish, but yo. Um, let's talk about ramen. You love ramen. I do. I do. I've um, There was a period in my life where I didn't because my brother Matt, uh, he would... He made it for me uh, when I was very small, um, and like he took out all the broth and he did something that he loved to it that I just really hated, and that put me off for a few years. Yeah, you were like, "That's what ramen is." No. Yeah. Well, but and, yeah. Coming back to it uh, a few years back, um, I just uh, went very deep, deep delve into the uh, instant ramen game. You um, really did. And uh, so slowly but surely evolving how I wanted. To taste in like the format or not format, but like the style of which yeah. I the add, preparation I add yeah yeah. So you are so I often post your ramen bowls on uh, the Instagrams because you make them when you make them you often offer to make me one too, which is lovely. Um, and then tell us a little bit about what is important if you just have a if you have a you know a package of Marushan noodles or whatever, even just random noodles. How do you make it better? So, um, start if as far as base goes, yeah. um, my number one preferred, um, uh, starting, starting packet pack. is the Nissan black garlic tonkatsu. Now Nissan is the company that makes top ramen, but yeah. what the stuff they make for America is not anywhere near quality. The stuff they sell in Japan. Um, so whether you get that at United noodle or you order it online, you, you 
I recommend Nissan highly. Nissan and what is it? The black garlic tonkatsu. tonkatsu. Okay. Yeah. And tonkatsu is is uh the pork broth is yeah. the base is basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you can get that as a base, great. But if not, any I mean, what what I do can ultimately be done with any chicken or beef or whatever. Um, but that is the prime base. That's your prime base. That's yeah. your, okay. So what do you do to it? So um, first you, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'd say the big important thing is um, after uh, noodles are done cooking, you uh, add whatever flavor in and then you immediately mix in um, some like uh, scrambled eggs. Yeah. Um, n- not, not cooked eggs. Not so cooked raw eggs. eggs that you have sort of, yes. you have like, you've whipped. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then you mix that in, gets a nice, um, it, it infuses the eggs into the broth. Um, right. And then you want to add a, a, hel- a healthy amount of soy. A healthy um, amount of soy sauce. A lot of, uh, uh, not a lot, not a lot, but some magi. Um, magi some seasoning. A couple, couple dashes of magi. That's yep. important. Yep. If you guys have seen that, that's like a fermented, it's almost like a Worcestershire sauce, but yeah. it's got its own gig. Yeah. Um, then you want to put some, a uh, couple that, da- or I like to do like two circles of ponzu. Ponzu, which is the citrus soy sauce. Yep. yep. And then one circle of um, black sesame uh, oil. Yep. Um, yeah. Black sesame oil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, sesame seeds. <laughs> and sesame seeds. Um, and then you want to do whatever garnishes fit um, your flavor. So, like, if you want to put some additional eggs in, do your six minute. Uh, ramen eggs. Yep. Which are a tricky craft. It master. is a tricky craft. When you're doing <laughs> the timing of all this, you guys, this is the dance in the kitchen, right? Yeah. Because you're basically trying to time a couple different pots of boiling things. Getting the eggs into the ice bath. Yep. Um, and then peeling them in time so they don't cook too much. Right. Because you kind of want a runny egg. You want a runny egg. Um, you say a six-minute egg. I say a four-minute egg if you start your egg in the water. Yeah. That's I, the difference. I put it in six minute once egg it is, hits a boil. Yeah, it hits boil. You put the egg in. You count six minutes. You Then you immediately immerse it in an ice bath yeah. before you peel. Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah, and it's a careful deal. It's a it is, it's a time. <laughs> yeah, and also because it is sort of still soft, it gets a little. It's hard to peel wobbly. it. Yeah, it's wobbly for sure. But we do love that. Yeah, and I know that everyone. I mean, the instant pot thing with eggs, like it's just too hard to get that up to temp and then down. You know, and then have yeah. the whole thing with if you're doing ramen. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like it's just easier to have it fast on the stove. Yep. Um. Okay. So then the seasonings you put in are black. You put in sesame seeds. I'd say the most important seasoning is the black sesame oil. Black sesame oil will amp up, you guys, any of your packaged ramen. Changes everything. It gives it such an... And it's not oily. No. You know what I mean? It's like you're not putting a ton in to make it, like, greasy. No. It just gives it, like, a little swish of flavor. It's got a lot of impact. It really does. Um, And I will say something... So, usually with the pork, I'll put in a lot of seaweed, um, because that's just what I like. Yeah. Um, but in if terms I, of those little nori sheets, yeah, 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 those little dried, or even just chopped up, like, you do, yeah, like the chopped up sheets, yeah, so some, that they're like little strips, little flakes sometimes, little flakes, yeah. Um, but uh, if I'm going for gooing, gooing, <laughs> if I'm doing a chicken flavor, um, I like to put in um. A lot of avocado, actually. Oh, right. That's true. You do that. You do. <laughs> Some of his come across, and you're like, what is in this? <laughs> now, let's have a moment for the eggs. Let's come back to a second, because sure, I want to make sure. people understand. So if you're cooking your, you, your your noodles are boiling in water, 
and then, you know, and they're cooked through. Yeah. And then you add your seasoning base from the packet. Yeah. So you add that in and you're stirring it around and then you stream in your uh, your mixed up eggs. And you want to do that like so fast. Yeah. <laughs> and you want to stir your noodles while you're pouring the eggs in like an yeah. egg drop soup, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And the eggs cook in the boiling water. Yes. Or in the boiling soup base. now. Yeah. So like once I like the moment I turn the burner off, I have the packet open already um, and then pour in like and then i have my chopsticks i start stirring after like maybe one revolution around the pot i'll start pouring in the eggs um because you like it won't they you need them to cook fast yeah because that the your noodles are going to cool down quicker than you might think yeah and also you want to thread it it doesn't want to be like a chunk of egg you don't want like a scrambled egg chunk sitting in there so as you're stirring it it threads it you want to be a part of the broth and the noodles so good i love it when that happens um that also makes it more of a meal you guys like sometimes ramen feels like a little bit like i'm not like it's just empty but like having like i like to do one egg in the mix and then I want one, you know, soft boiled egg on top. So yeah. it's like two eggs and ramen, one zip, you know. But you don't have to have meat on yours, which is normal. You no. do like to. I do. But you don't always have to have. Yeah, sometimes I'll chop up some hot dogs and fry <laughs> them on the stove. <laughs> hot but dog ramen is real. Sometimes it'll be spam. That's true. Spam ramen is Sp- real. God. Spam makes an appearance. Sometimes yeah. it's leftover pulled pork. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do definitely use that as much as we can. But oftentimes it's uh, it's just the eggs and that's enough protein to and you satisfy. Don't, you don't go big <laughs> on the hot sauce. Um, I do sometimes. You do? I, so I'd say with the chicken flavor, I use a lot of um, crybaby Craig's, like a lot. For sure. Um, but I'm more um, of the sambal. Like I throw in yeah. like a spoonful of sambal, Olek, right. the chili paste, and that kind of goes around. Yeah. I also I, like a little chili crisp on there, you know, <laughs> just to add a little crunch. You do. I I guess with ramen, I'm never looking for a lot of spice. No. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, what's your top ramen shop in the Twin Cities? Uh, Zenbox. I know. No I just question. thought I'd throw that out for you, everybody. <laughs> we all know you love that, and, like, I love those guys. And they're, yeah. and John is kind of a ramen wizard, so... He is. It's kind of exciting. Um, is there anybody else you think of ramen locally that you... I The other two I think of are Tori44 and... Um, uh, ramen Kazama. Yeah, that's I it. knew that. I knew that we're wrapping up, so I wanted to make sure you got to okay. show that. <laughs> and those pretty much are the top three ramen spots in the Twin Cities. So yeah. I think that's really great. And we're still going to eat some more this this year, this summer. So we're on a mission. All right, you guys, stay tuned, and we'll be right back with Tim McKee. No man, a woman. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for hanging out today. Um, I'm very excited because uh, this week I got to go eat. Um, some place that sort of brought me back to a place that we no longer have in town. And uh, we're here to talk about it. So we have on the line, we have Tim McKee joining us today. Are you here, Tim? Oh, Tim. I'm here. There you are. How are you? I'm well. How about you? Oh, I'm super good. So listen, I am very excited because you are embarking on a very cool thing this summer with the Travail Kitchen guys. And you are doing um, sort of a tapas tasting in the basement bar. And let's be clear, it feels a lot like some uh, something that we've been missing a long time, which is, of course, Solera, right? Sure. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, in a way, an evolution of the Solera idea, whereas uh, Solera concentrated more on the Catalan region and Barcelona. This is more the Basque region and uh, San Sebastian Bilbao. 
This is, and then, so Lara, for if you guys are, don't know, this was a, a restaurant Timmy Key had in uh, the Twin Cities, downtown Minneapolis. You know, it was one of our big, it was actually, it was the big Spanish tapas restaurant that we had um, in the 2000s. And it was sort of, I don't know, it was so great and it was so, it brought so many different ideas and flavors forth that we really didn't see in the city. And so this is really interesting. Tim and I were talking uh, about how it is funny to us that, right, Tim, about that when Solera closed, nobody kind of picked up that tapas, you know, torch. Well, some did in in, in a way, but, uh, you know, it really doesn't have the kind of presence that I, I wish Spanish food yeah. did. I love what uh, Barbara is doing. True. and uh Estelle is uh, doing some great things with uh, with Spanish cuisine and uh, Portuguese cuisine, and uh, I just think the the conversation should be louder. Yes, I think that's you're right. That's the case. It should be as big a player as some of the other cuisines that we're always talking about, right? Yeah, it's a super exciting cuisine, one of my favorites, and uh, you know, I just wish there was more of a representation. What is it about the cuisine that specifically sort of draws you to it? Like, what is it that categorizes it in your mind as one of the best? Well, there, there's a couple of things that, that I really like about kind of, I mean, more more our approach. Yeah. And, you know, I've always been really interested in small plates, bites, that kind of thing. I like to, I like to have a, <clears throat> sorry, a wide variety of, uh, of different kind of uh, flavors and dishes, and uh, this really achieves that in, a, in an interesting way. Additionally, the, the the flavor profile is really interesting to me. Yeah, it's you know, and and if you guys think about it, like I feel like small plates have been around for a long. You know, we always you know talk about small plates in restaurants and everything else, and then tapas technically is you know sort of the idea that you have small snacky plates while you're having little things to sip and drink um and that feels like something that is easily embraceable but there's there's a lot of like with tapas in spanish cuisine that are there's specific sort of things that are considered you know skewers and all the rest and it's kind of fun that way i think right and uh kind of a, a on that theme you know the uh the the tapas Pretty much pinchos is a northern word, more of a, a Basque word for uh, for tapas. The same idea. Um, one of the things that's somewhat, not always, but somewhat characteristic of uh, pinchos is there's usually some form of stick, skewer, toothpick involved. Yeah. And uh, so that, that kind of really shows you, you know, now... It, it it gives kind of control over what a tapas is, what a small plate is, because we've seen small plates that can feed four people. Right. And this is this is literally a, a bite on a stick in many cases. I love this. Now now pronounce for me the cock you know, like the uh what we're gonna say, the cheeky che I'm gonna chiquiteo. say chiquiteo. Um yeah, chiquiteo is is a, a tapas bar crawl in the Basque country, San Sebastian, Bilbao, uh, Pamplona. And, uh, you know, you just go from tapas bar to tapas bar and have little snacks, have little little drinks called chiquitos. Chiquitos. And, uh, you know, you just make a night of it. So what can people expect in the basement bar? Well, 
I mean, kind of. It's it's uh, just just a large array of different flavors and textures and presentations that uh, maybe you haven't experienced before. Yeah. Um, a lot of it uh, is uh, is a, around and off the uh, charcoal grill, okay. which I think adds a really interesting flavor to. Uh, you know, everybody loves uh, grilling uh, in the summer, and this is kind of an extension of that. Right. So you start out, you know, well, how we did it the other night was we started out in the courtyard at Travail. You know, we bought, and this is, by the way, this is a ticketed thing that you want to buy. Um, you want to sign up to get your tickets and make a plan to do this. Um, and it's it's drink pairings come along with all of it, which is wonderful. We started in the courtyard of Travail, and there you are grilling up some good stuff on the on the charcoal grills, and then they came around and handed us a glass of sangria, of white sangria, which was just perfect. What are a couple of those skewers that we had while standing around the grill? Do you remember? Yeah, on the on the courtyard we did a uh, a small chorizo and piquillo pepper oh. with a, a pickled onion. So great. Um, I'm sorry, not a piquillo, but a padron pepper. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, then we also did an artichoke and cherry tomato with a little saffron aioli and uh, pimentone-dusted calamari out on the courtyard. So those are, and this is the thing about, to me, what is important to understand is that these are small little bites, but they are intensely flavored. You get a big, you know, wallop of flavor. Sometimes when you're doing small bites and you kind of feel like people are passing things or you're getting something on a stick and it's sort of underwhelming and you kind of keep waiting for like, oh, where's the real stuff? But each bite on those skewers delivered such a, just a wallop of great, clear flavor. That was what's really fun. Yeah, I, I love it. And, you know, some of it, we get to have fun with the presentations and how we do things and working with the uh, the Travail Collective. They're always so much fun. Yeah, they they don't ever you know, know how to have fun. That's too bad for them. So, so inventive. <laughs> so they can't. So then what happens, you guys, is then you, you have your, you know, you may have your cocktail outside and then you go down to be seated and then you kind of run through this, what they're doing, their side of this portion. Yours is definitely the, the bites and the, um, the pinchos. Theirs is definitely the cocktail pairing side of this because this is the basement bar. Yeah. And so what they've done is they've really given you options of different kinds of flights. Like you could do like a whiskey type exploration or a mezcal exploration. And that's gonna they're gonna pair those drinks along with each of your bites. Did you try? Yeah, did you work really out that with them or so many little tastes and, and uh presentations. They do a really, really good job again, really creative. Yeah. What was the like what is it like? So then you were and you're working on you guys had like a giant paella pan in the room and you're cooking as we're going. <laughs> what uh what's your favorite thing? What's your favorite part of the tasting menu that we're you're doing? Oh, that's that's a hard. That's thing. a hard I one. I mean, one of the things we 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 uh, kind of at the beginning we start with an array of tapas, and we had uh, our our uh, favorite uh, potter in town, Kevin Caulfield, yes. design these uh, these little things that hold skewers for us, and it's really kind of a a fun presentation. Yeah, I do love those. Anything you can eat on a stick in Minnesota that's <laughs> not right. just maybe, a fried spare we're roll. a month and a half early. I know. You guys are a month and a half early. You're, you're teasing it out with a little bit more elevation thing. 
But there's a lot of like really yeah. great red peppers. And I mean, there's like talk about, you know, interesting things that maybe people the stuff that isn't on a stick like the Brondad. I think that is so that was such a I love that course. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so and the, the Fidea, everyone's pretty familiar with Paella. Right. And the Fidea is a, a more or less a broken noodle version. Instead of the bomba rice, they have the little broken vermicelli, which is a really great dish and not not too many people know about it plus it's it's a lot of fun cooking in the uh room on that giant pan that's there is there was we did have a little bit of a oh yeah you're cooking on a giant paella pan in the middle of the bar and uh it's you're making these fideos which are they're squid ink right so they're they're black and there's a bunch of seafood and it's just it's just a different experience it's something that you haven't i mean i don't remember finding that anywhere in the twin cities right now well, um, actually, uh, one of my favorite dishes on uh, Estelle's menu in St. Paul is is their fideo. They oh, do a great job. So I missed that on, you, when I went to eat If you can't there. make it to this, you should check that out. Oh, this is true. This is true. There's other, I mean, Estelle is definitely one of those places that is doing really, I went there two weeks ago and had a great meal there. That was wonderful. So, okay, so then as far as, and then there's desserts too. Let's Can we talk about Basque cheesecake for a hot second? I mean... That's sort of a big thing that everyone loves right now. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a crustless cheesecake that that is almost burnt on the top. And yeah. it's it's an amazing flavor. And uh, they're, they're making theirs with, with a little manchego cheese, which gives it kind of an interesting flavor and finishing it with pistachio, which is great. It was outstanding. It really was. So now you're also, you're going to have this menu uh, that's, it's going to change a little bit maybe. Or you're doing it all summer, so through August. And you might change it a little bit here and there. But what's interesting, I think, is you have some friends coming to join you. Yeah, so uh, one of the interesting things when we did this, uh, Mike asked, hey, do you think any of the uh, crew from Solera would be interested uh, in joining us? And uh, I called all the chefs, uh, and that, w- that would be uh, for, in order. Um, Jason Ross, Matt Bickford, Tyg Nelson, J.P. Samuelson, and Jorge Guzman. Um, they were all chefs at Solera at one point or another. Jorge was the only one that didn't work directly with me, but uh, I'm really excited about what he's doing and that he's going to be a part of it. Um, Diane Yang is going to make an appearance, Jim Christensen, oh my gosh. and Matt Dickhausen. So it'll be really cool. So at one point, it'll be a little random, but uh, at one point every week, I'll have a, a guest chef to the guest chef. Oh, God, that's going to be fun. I think that a lot of people who remembered Solera fondly are excited about this. But even if you didn't ever go to Solera, but you want to really experience these kind of intensely favored small bites, this is really the thing to do, don't you think? Um, and you guys are... Yeah, and and this is nice. And, and the way this came about is Mike and I got together, and he was asking me if, uh, if there were any of the restaurants that I've done that I'd uh, want to do again. And... You know, for the most part, I, I the way I develop restaurants is I make restaurants that don't exist in the market. <laughs> and uh, Solera, there was no conversation about Spanish food at that time, and right. I wanted one. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like there's more to be said in that conversation. That's true. Um, and I like the idea of kind of studying the, the Basque food and... Uh, you know, it's it's also when you do these 
residency pop-ups kind of thing. You're you're sort of experimenting with something that probably would be non-viable as a standalone restaurant. Right. In that, you know, this cuisine is maybe a little niche cuisine, uh, very exciting, and people should have exposure, but I don't think it has enough mass appeal to... Uh, keep a restaurant open. Right, right. Well, this is exciting and I'm very and we're glad to go and we're glad that you guys are doing this to explore this and who knows, maybe maybe you know, angel investor will come in and say, "Hey, here's 7 million dollars. Just go for it." I'm ready for that. Well, yeah, you can post my number. Okay, I will do that. <laughs> all right, you guys, I'm going to put the link up for tickets. It's 60 bucks per person, but you can upgrade and do all sorts of fun stuff along with it. Thank you Tim for being on. We'll talk to you again uh when you got when you know when you come up with the next big fun thing that you're doing. Absolutely. Thank all right. you. All right, thanks everybody. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks so much uh, for hanging out today, Jake Larson. Yep, I'm still here. You're still here. I know you didn't have a lot to talk about because you hadn't eaten the food. Took a quick nap. Took a quick nap. Did you have a little little pause over there? A little zoom. A little zoomer. When you were little, used to zoom all over the place. You you could (laughs) sleep anywhere. It was really great. I'm sure you want me to tell everybody about your childhood stories. I'm sure you do anyway when I'm not here. Yes, I do. So true. Well, um, okay, but I have to tell you, just like that's, you've been to a couple of travail events with me. Yeah. And you just sort of, I mean, like it's been a great experience. Oh, absolutely. Every time. I just have to reaffirm for you guys, like doing the basement bar thing at travail and just being a part of that thing that's happening in Robbinsdale is just so much fun. And it's kind of, I know a lot of people are like, well, you have to plan ahead and you have to buy tickets and sometimes they're sold out. Yeah. But you know what? At this point, yeah. Lots of places are doing reservations anyway because of, um, you know, they, it's easier for them to plan. And, you know, with labor shortages and everything else, just works out. So mm-hmm. it's kind of nice. And having Tim McKee be back and being able to, like, experience, you know, his food and his, you know, intelligence of cooking is sort of it's kind of marvelous. It's a special treat. It's a special treat. So why not go? Maybe I'll take you if you're lucky. <laughs> Your sister already had said that she wanted to eat there. So. Yep. <laughs> Maybe we'll make a family affair of it all. Um, all right. So this is, we kind of wrap it up usually uh, at the end of the show with things that are happening. Um, is there, uh, you have, you, are you, you're, you are not coming to rock the garden with me is what you're saying. No, no. Okay. It's my day off. I need to sleep. You need to sleep. Okay. You need to do other <laughs> things. Um, there is a lot of stuff going on around town, but at rock the garden, just to be clear, yeah. you guys, there are the debut of the new Tattersall canned cocktails. Special stuff. Delicious. <laughs> I know. Well, here's the deal with can of cocktails, and you don't really know this in any way, legal form, um, but <laughs> there's, you know, when you get canned cocktails, a lot of time they they use a malted beverage, like a malted base, almost like, okay. you know, like um, like malt liquor, you know? Yeah. And then the, but the Tattersall cocktails are made with actual straight, straight up vodka, and um, they're kind of lovely. You know, they're mm-hmm. a vodka and they're distilled spirit is what I want to say. And this stuff is key lime, right? They have or? a key lime. They have a they have a key lime gin and tonic. So that's mm-hmm. gin. That's gin. They have a watermelon bootlegger, which was um, minty and citrusy and watermelony, but mm-hmm. not Jolly Rancher watermelony. Okay, so because you know how much I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> and then they also have a blueberry basil. Which is a beaut. I really like the blueberry basil drink. That sounds lovely. Yeah, it was just kind of light and fresh and just a little hint of blueberry and like not overwhelmingly. 
And then they do have a whiskey peach one that I appreciate as well. Kind of like an iced tea, like a Snapple. Yeah, yeah. Like a peach Snapple. Yeah. But like with a little bit of a kick. That sounds around my wheelhouse. That kind of does, <laughs> right? I know. Snapple's big. But I was very happy with them. I was kind of, uh, I, was, I thought it was great. Um, a couple other things that are happening, just to give everybody a heads up on this. The official fried chicken place that we had talked about on the show a couple weeks ago, the Broaster chicken situation, they are open. So they so this is a case where this is roasted chicken, roasted fried chicken, which is like that super uh, air pressure fried chicken. So as you are dropping things into your fryer, grease, <laughs> and having all that moment of yep. cheese curds and French fries, this is done in a closed system. Okay. So it's like a it's almost like a giant instant pot, but there's still oil in there. But then you close the lid and an air pressure builds, and then it fries it that way. Interesting. I know. It gives it a really interesting, t- like the crisp is a little bit better. It kind of seals in, yeah. you know, the juices a little bit more. Right. I don't know. It's delicious. I think it's fun. The thing about this fried chicken, official fried chicken is the handle, is that you order it. You can order it online, like on your phone. Sure. And then they'll like process your order and they'll ping you when it's ready. It's sitting in a little locker. Okay. Like it's like a, it's like a pressurized cabin for the chicken <laughs> to take flight to you. Cool. I know. I and I haven't tested it. I mean, I've tried the chicken and it's really good. I haven't tested what it would be like to like have the take the order and then go through the line and then right. like making sure your chicken is fresh and ready. So these are some really state of the art pressurized lockers. These are not just like speed racks, you know, that are just sitting there. So that's kind of fun. Uh, there is a new burger shop. New burger shop. Yeah. What we got? I know it's called Burger Press. It's okay. in Edina. Okay. I don't think it's a chain. I don't know. No. I can't really find so much out mm. about it. But the local burgerati are just extremely excited about it, it seems like. They've got a signature single as low as six ninety nine. Like okay. a single burger for seven bucks. That's solid. Doesn't that sound right? Yeah. Um and then they have like the but even like the biggest one, they have triples. And I'm assuming these are smashies. They look like smash burgers. Yeah. The the burger the biggest one is like Twelve ninety nine, so thirteen bucks for like a triple burger. Okay, I know I'm interested. They're also doing hot dogs. They've got double dogs, like two hot dogs, one bun. Yeah. yeah. Here's a weird one. They've got ice cream, but then they've got a bowl of cereal. Oh, it's on the menu is a bowl of cereal. You can order two cereals mixed with some toppings, but it's six bucks for a bowl of cereal. Does that feel weird? What should a bowl of cereal cost if you're buying it? I think just a bowl or probably like two or three. <laughs> I would think that. I mean, it costs a, like five bucks for a box. Maybe it doesn't cost five bucks anymore. Mm. It's been a long time since we've had cereal. <laughs> we're not a cereal household. No, we're not. Do your friends eat cereal? Yeah, everybody eats cereal. Everybody? Yeah, we're the, we're the outliers. We're the sure. outliers. Oh, 100%. Like they eat cereal for breakfast? My sister does. Well, I know, but that's... She's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for being here, Jake Larson. Uh, anytime. You know, not that you owe me for like certain things, but you do. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great weekend. Elizabeth Reese will be with me next weekend, and uh, we'll talk then. Ciao, ciao. On November 13th, it's the dawning of a new era when the NFL debuts in Germany live on NFL Network. <laughs> Brady and the Bucks. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. DK and the Seahawks. Puts the ball up, making a catch. Wake up and watch with the world. It's Sunday morning football. Live from Munich. Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network.